Santa Cruz Coffee Break, a special podcast series brought to you through the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum, a place on the web where guitar players can comfortably get together and enjoy their love of great music, great players, and of course, great Santa Cruz Guitar Company guitars. Find us on the web at santacruzguitarplayers.com. Should you want to reach Santa Cruz Guitar Company, their web address is santacruzguitar.com. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is completely informal, and if you have ideas of topics you'd like to hear Richard Hoover express his thoughts on, please join us on the forum and send us a message. Please also note that all the opinions are those of the speakers and do not reflect the official positions of Santa Cruz Guitar Company, its employees, or its dealers. With all that out of the way, let's get on to this month's Santa Cruz Coffee Break. So greetings, and uh, we're here with Richard Hoover, and it's lunch with Richard, the first one, and uh, introduce the room, uh, Richard, that's you. Good morning, boss. Good morning, and we have Tad Laird with us here, so Tad, uh, Good morning. Good morning. Answer, answer on in, and uh, we'll just get started. We uh, we did set up a, some questions for Richard, and um, Tad and I will play back and forth, and uh, we'll have some fun with it. So... Richard, do you want to say anything just to welcome us or be here or, you know? I sure do, and I want to thank you and Ted for the service that you do. Um, the uh, uh, people having more information about guitars, how they work, and what their choices are makes the world a better place. You know, as you watch, uh, uh, what we do with guitars allows people to express their creativity um, uh, uh, in their own way, and they can change the world, and I, I think we facilitate that. Um, and the chance to talk about it is always a pleasure. And fun. And, and you guys are you guys are champs. Thanks for what you do. So right off the bat, how do we know if we should cut up our grandmother's table? Oh, that's, that's awesome. Uh, I, I probably would give you the analogy of the Stradivarius in the attic. You know, uh, uh, some old people in Kansas find a Stradivarius in the attic, and they go to New York to uh, find out how much it's worth. And maybe one time out of 10,000, it might have something to do with an Italian builder, right? The closest on that. And so uh, the odds of finding an old piece of furniture that is solid wood and suitable for guitar making is pretty remote, but it exists. And I've got you know, countless stories, everything from people finding a free sign on the road and picking up at a table made of Cuban mahogany to um, uh, everybody thinks the piano made out of Brazilian rosewood is a gold mine. But even going way back, that wood was so priceless that they veneered it and they put that over a less expensive, more stable substrate. And they did it so well, it's really hard to tell. But on the piano bench, if they have one, usually that lid on that was solid and there, there could be some stuff there. So I'm going to say it's, it's very hard to tell, uh, in, in our case specifically, send me a photograph, you know, and that's, we'll start the dialogue and talk about it. Um, it's fun. It, wouldn't it be a great legacy, this old table that nobody uses before could now make music as a legacy to your grandma? So, you know, don't hesitate to try. Or it was the table that been promised to your brother. Yeah, that's right. Well, we get that. You know, people come in with a, 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 a an end table, and they go, I just want to know how many guitars I can get made, you know, for this. And uh, uh, sometimes it's heartbreaking to explain to people that it's, you know. You know that one we take to the NAMM show is a beautiful combination of veneering and faux painting. 
uh, you know, to get the grain on. It's it's really masterful. Yeah, I was just going to say is I actually took apart a square gram piano that was Brazilian rosewood. Oh, the yeah. legs were all poplar and hand grained. They looked yeah. like Brazilian, but uh -huh. they weren't. They do. Yeah, the body great was job. all veneer, and there were only maybe four or five relatively small pieces of solid Brazilian on the entire mm -hmm. piano. You might get like two bridges out of a uh, yeah. grand okay. piano. <laughs> but by all means, don't let that discourage anybody from uh, asking the question. You know, uh, you do find a Stradivarius in an attic once every million and a half years. As a luthier, favorite tool? Uh, you know, the thing that brings me into the closest contact with my work is uh, my favorite. I'm going to say chisel. You know, I've got an old uh, uh, carpenter's morsing chisel from about the 20s, and the steel is so awesome, I can get a really spectacular edge on it. And I've used it for, you know, a half a century, really, and I can dance with it. You know, it's balanced in my hand. I can really, I really feel it's an extension of me. Um, I'm going to say, at this season of my life, my favorite tool is my glasses, all four pairs of them. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the facility to see what I'm doing. Well, let me ask you this, just to follow up. Sure. I know you come in on Saturdays mm -hmm. and Sundays, probably, you know, working as a luthier. And you obviously have the choice to do any job here while you're in here, not answering phones and such. Is there one job in particular that you just love doing? Oh, wow. Um, I, mean, I don't know if it's yeah. like just sorting wood or carving a soundboard. You know, things come to, to mind immediately as how to how to distill that to, to have a, an interesting answer. I love wood, and I joke that I have a wood problem, uh, uh, but it's not an obsession. It's a it's an acquired taste and, a, and a, a, a grown you know love for the material, the variances of it, the stories behind it, and so forth. So I do love to come in, not to repeatedly handle wood, but to evaluate. Uh, uh, to, um, uh, you know, work with it and so forth. I just, I love coming in in the quiet time so I can have continuity of thought. And that's the luxury I just don't get at any other time. Uh, I, I, I don't um, resent the interruptions because that's part of the wonderful variety of my job. Uh, but to come in on, on a, a weekend and be able to really focus on a project or think through the solution to a problem. As custom luthiers, there's always something new. Uh, there's always a new challenge, and I really do like that. Uh, let me take it, the advantage of that question to say this. Um, one of my greatest lessons in life was um, the decision to take Sundays off and uh, stay home and uh, take the lead from my wife. Excellent. It was, it was a constant battle of, can you come home early? Can we do this? Um, uh, and uh, finally when I went, oh, yeah, let's, one day a week I'm going to turn my will over to uh, my wife and we'll go from there. And it, it relaxes me. I don't have to make decisions. <laughs> and it's a great setup for the rest of the That's week. Uh, at the same time, I do come in here for about half a day on Saturday to get a quiet time, like I said, continuity of thought. And uh, uh, it's pretty varied what I can do during that time. Sounds very similar to what James Kernot would say about woods. Is sometimes you just have to leave them on the bench and just bless yeah, him. Yeah, he you, <laughs> you you would both you know he was a mentor for me, uh, both in through his books and also doing some workshops with him. And that that's a, that guy had a really great take, real good philosophy on on his work. 
That took a long time, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so let's change it up one quick thing and say, yeah. if there were one job you never had to do again <laughs> in building a guitar. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not being evasive or, or sounding like a politician here. My, my job is so multifaceted because in building guitars, uh, uh, I'm also working with customers uh, and their dreams and trying to manage their thrill of acquisition. I'm also working with each and every person that works here. And my, uh, not only my goal, but my, my, what drives me is to make their situation satisfying, rewarding, uh, both for that they're going to stick around and do it, and it, more peace of mind for me. And um, uh, we start with pretty young people sometimes, uh, and we're training them in not only luthery, but how to work, you know, oh, how to yeah. cooperate, how to be a good roommate. And uh, uh, sometimes I can get pretty impatient with hearing the same thing over and over again, that the solutions are obvious. It's just that the person hasn't had the experience yet to put it into practice. And I have to remind myself, hey, we all start somewhere and we all have to get there. We're not learning this all at the same time. So my human relations stuff is a laugh riot you know, <laughs> when I get into it. But sometimes I can die a thousand deaths before I sit down and talk to somebody. And that is probably the thing out of this that shortens my life the most, is uh, uh, trying to match people's aspirations, their dreams, uh, with the true reality of what we do and make sure they get satisfaction. That sounds like a, a kind of a management leadership problem, but I know oh, that yeah. you handle that so well. I well, that's flattered. Thank you. I, I, I was just wondering, <laughs> like, you know, if you never had to file another fret or if you never had to... Um, I can I can direct that. Yeah, I can, I can really directly. So my uh, uh, my one of my mentors, Bruce McGuire, has studied with Art Overholzer, uh, who wrote a book. And um, his technique was uh, you know it's all low tech is to take maybe your sides, your back, or your top, and set a stop on the drill press with a little end mill, and and drill. Uh, a million holes on it so that you had your final thickness under there somewhere. And you take a block of sandpaper and you sand until all the holes are gone. And, and my first assignment from my mentor was to do this on my sides back and top. And I'll tell you, I seriously considered going into making bowling balls or something <laughs> because that drove me crazy. And, uh, uh, you know, the advent of a wide belt sander, uh, back when we made a homemade one, that made all the difference in the world because, you know, 90-something percent of everything you do is getting material out of the way until you can apply your artistry to it. Yeah. And that's the stuff I want, you know. <laughs> I, want the, I want the dessert. I want it all, and I want it go. now. So the Plex machine uh -huh. is kind of the evolution of the wide belt sander. I, you know, it's, that's, a, that's a really nice analogy. Um, our Plex, of course, is a real hot rod um, uh, it's very different than, than uh, you know, what would apply commercially in a factory or something like that. And it is a, a video game. The, ours isn't a robot, and it wouldn't work. It's like a chisel. It wouldn't do anything without the skill of the luthier behind it. And, and observing a guitar, making the diagnostics, setting the parameters, literally making the templates of what you would do by hand, and then allowing the machine to run that automatically is what that does. And... Uh, practice is a beautiful thing. You can get lost in it. It can be very meditative. But also, it can be frustrating. It can hurt, 
and it can uh, your brain can shrink from doing the same thing over and over again. Plex's a great analogy of that. Okay. Wood comes from everywhere. It does. It, wood, 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 wood is except the bottom of the ocean, but wood pretty much comes from everywhere. So where have you gone to source? Where have you gone? Well, um, uh, in Belize, we did get wood from the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> I, you know, here, here's a, a real blessing. In, uh, uh, in coming up in this, of course, we, we pioneered a niche in the market that didn't exist. Uh, our our uh, love of the materials uh, required we wanted the best-sounding stuff, and we also didn't want to uh, fund deforestation or cultural extinction. So uh, initially, I had to do a lot of uh, talking on the phone, writing letters, uh, gaining confidence, and travel for wood. And, I, and I've been to uh, Bulgaria, Belize, uh, Scandinavia, South America. Um, the only place I really haven't been is, is maybe Africa, um, uh, just because of the, the uh, logistics. And um, uh, I've, I stayed out of India. Uh, I could do it now, but when I was younger, I just too, I too, I felt like I was too sensitive to see that abject poverty. Um, uh, so, what the beautiful thing is is it's very fortunate and very unfortunate. Uh, let's use the yogis in India. Um, I started with uh, uh, Mr. Yogi, and uh, a beautiful human being, really, really uh, connected with his sources, his materials, and he's passed that on to his son who's passed it on to his son. And I'm in the third generation of the yogis. So no longer do I have to go there to show them what quality I want or try to convince them to give me terms because we'll pay. It's like, we're, you know, we really have a family relationship. And they know what I want. Um, they know I'll pay. And I just have to send them a text, and they'll get it on their BlackBerry in Mumbai, you know, when they come out of the bush, and they'll send it. And so it's really not necessary to go there. And to belabor that analogy, in going to Europe, when I first began to try to get European spruce, um, the suppliers would literally not let me in the door because they made, uh, they, they, you know, generations had, had gotten spruces and maples for real musical instruments, violins, not guitars. <laughs> and to convince them that uh, I was... Uh, uh, you know, worthy of their time, took a lot of doing, and it had to be introductions from violin makers just to get me in their shop. Today, uh, and partly through our, our combined efforts, these guys, you can buy one or two tops from them online because now they've become, uh, 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 you know, they're in the world marketplace, but it wasn't always so. So anyway, I don't have to travel as much as I used to, but I still can't keep myself from doing that. <laughs> Oh, do you have any travels planned in the near future? Um, yeah, I do. I uh, I just got back from uh, up uh, northern California, Fort Bragg, uh, following up on a, a bridge that had been, uh, a railroad trestle, really, that had been taken out. And this is beautiful, beautiful old-growth uh, redwood. And just by chance, um, uh, I stumbled into a guy, uh, Ed Powers, that really is has got such a crazy love for the wood. Um, he also gets these sources, but he cuts them, sands them, uh, chronicles them, labels them, and it's like going in the jewelry store. He has this stuff stacked up, and that was awesome. So we we had we got a lot of uh, uh, old redwood that has some beautiful beautiful stories on it. Uh, I just got back also from uh, getting my hooks into a. Uh, a bridge from Yosemite that goes back a hundred years. 
that was redwood. Mm. Yeah, that was really, really fun to do. So it sounds like so, we'll see a lot more redwood tops coming um, in. You know, it, it, uh, out, out, of a, out of a reclaimed piece like that is the best possible uh, material we could get for um, uh, uh, quality of sound and, and visuals, but the waste on it is sometimes absolutely heartbreaking. Mm. You know, it's... Um, uh, I, I don't know the analogy, but um, it's entirely possible you make your best guess and, and the money just goes off in, in, in waste and sawdust. So we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how that, how that transpires. Um, Something to look uh, forward to. Yeah, I, you know, when it comes to wood, I really have to check myself because I will run on here uh, with, with <laughs> stories about wood. It's, so, yeah, there's more trips in my future. It, it, it's the heart, you know, mm -hmm. it, it really is the heart. That's it, what makes it easy. It, yeah, it, it does. I'm trying right now, my biggest project here is to try to, uh, maybe I use this word inculcate, get get uh, um, a, uh, a successor to understand the, the feeling, uh, uh, get the experience to uh, uh, understand what's going on in this piece of wood and how it applies to a guitar. Uh, you know, again, I mentioned I'm at that season of life. Um, I can't rest on my laurels. I really got to work here to make sure that I'm not uh, taking any information with me. Quite laudable. It's the pass it on. I mm -hmm. mean, it, 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 it's why we're not robots. Ah, uh, yeah. Thank you, know? you. It's why we're not robots. It's, it, it, we're, we're here to share and we're here to enrich. You know, and it's... I, I, it's something I see in the whole company. Well, and thank you. And I think it goes. I, I would say it's part of you know Richard's love of the tradition. Uh, this is a very important part of the tradition that I think in today's world where people are are keeping things more proprietary, more licensed, and and yeah. and kept under lock and key in secret. You know the willingness that Richard has to share. Uh, any bit of knowledge he has, and also, you know, understand the responsibility of preserving it and extending it. That's that's a rare thing. Anyway. It's, it's also what makes it fun. You, you know, you didn't ask this question, but I'm going to give so, you the answer real quickly here, is uh, people are always asking, hey, why don't you do this and really go for it? You know, why don't you do this, expand your uh, production, have uh, a brand made in China, um, whatever, uh, guitars a year. sell out to, you know, on and on and on. And the answer is maybe not as flattering as I, I would hope. It's that uh, uh, my vision here is to bring everybody along in the process. And with that, we're not a business where you stand on somebody's back to get to the next level and uh, uh, that the goal is um, more. Um, uh, the goal is what the satisfaction of what we're doing right now, and I think of that with everybody that works here. So the pace isn't set by a goal that, that we go to at whatever cost. The pace is set by what we have here and now in our talent base and to bring everybody along with that. hope that's not too abstract. No, that's uh, very cool. Uh, it's not the fast track for business, but yeah. after all, you, as you know, our goal isn't um, a dollar amount. Our goal is a peace of mind. In our quality of life today. It, it, was it always conceived as a custom shop, or was it was it conceived as a line and and custom shop grew out of the line? Um, the the first, um, as uh, as a builder myself, um, you know, m my vision was making guitars for one person at a time. 
Um, and, it, and it's this simple, uh, even at the very beginnings, I had enough good advice and so forth, to realize most commercial enterprises um, are based on a target, and that target is um, uh, a certain number of people or group of people to sell to. And with that, you have to have a target price. So you build your thing to meet a target price, and you serve your uh, audience. What I wanted to do is have the target, the satisfaction of one player at a time. So build that guitar, make them get everything they want, and then move on to the next. With that, with the former, you have to have a budget for wood you can't exceed. You can only pay people so much. You can only have them work so long. And back then, I never intended to have an employee um, uh, realizing I could do, get the best wood, I could do whatever I want. Um, maybe a little selfish, but that, that was the idea. So the custom thing uh, was... Um, you know, based on my background of, of studying violin, because there was no guitar information available, that that really the, the key here is if you can be consistent, then you can ad lib. If you can't be consistent, they're, they're just, you know, wanky. <laughs> huh. It's, it's a really, really <laughs> fascinating um, uh, uh, growth. I learned that, I learned that really, uh, relearned that from Eric Skye. Um, he, you watch him play effortlessly, does all this beautiful, beautiful stuff, but you know as a player, uh, behind that is countless hours of classical study. Um, his chord shapes are in his DNA and his muscle memory, and that means he can go anywhere he wants to and be relevant and come back to his base. If you couldn't do that, like I said, it's just it's noise, you might not be able to say, play the same piece twice. Yeah, I just think it, 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 it's fascinating to think that it's such off the business model. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It's, That's really it's true. Really, that way of the business model. Yeah, but but it, but it is very true to the very nature of, of music. You know, exactly. in order to really be able to create music, as opposed to simply reproduce music, you really need to understand it. That's it sounds yeah. like that's the approach. Boy. Taken to building guitars, which yeah is pretty pretty off the <laughs> off the charts in terms of normalcy. <laughs> sure, I, I want to say carefully that's with absolutely no judgment uh, for the uh, you know fifty uh, eight year old guy that uh, plays guitar in a, in a Holiday Inn uh, a lounge uh, uh, you know with a track behind him. Um, that's better than than a job where you'd compromise your moral compass, you know, to do something. So more power to people that can pull that off and yeah. make a living. It's all about if you have to make life. a living, and a lot of the most successful people are there because they don't have to make a living. Did it's I say that? Oh, that was the person that hasn't been introduced yet. We saw some pretty crazy five thousand year old, fifty thousand year old wood the other day. Yeah, <laughs> that's fun. What's up? <laughs> um, well, it, 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 it's it, I, I really simplify it here. Um, you know, we concentrate on the uh, uh, the quality of wood to produce the most sophisticated sound that we can, and one of the ways to do that is by using old wood where the resins are polymerized and it's just more resonant. One of the secrets why old violins and guitars sound better than new ones. And uh, uh, in that, um, maybe uh, uh, spruce that's 50, 100, 150, 200 years old is a great advantage. Um, 
And that's from reclamation. That's a funny concept for people. You know, a lot of us think, uh, I'd like to eat organic, but it doesn't taste as good. You know, we compromise. Uh, the idea of using these rarefied materials that are such attention-seeking devices is to get people into the conversation to understand that, oh, reclamation is not compromising. The best stuff in the world is there, and you have the benefit of not contributing to deforestation when you do that. So it's a way to get people's attention to really tell our story. Um, uh, you know, what we do is only our vehicle uh, for getting through life, and the guitar making is a beautiful one. So those old woods bring people into the conversation, and, and then we can tell the stories about maybe more common reclamation. Does that make sense? Yeah. Plus, so, it's fun. Uh, well, <laughs> thinking about how we've developed as a society and a culture, mm -hmm. and it took a long time to get to where we are. But in the last 125 mm -hmm. years, or 150 years, we've exploded. And yeah, geometric progression. Well, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. and, 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 and flash, flash items like a cell phone or, or something like that, you know, the computer, the personal computer or whatever, just make such huge growth that we really do sometimes lose that back end. <laughs> you know? That's real put. There, there was a discussion on one of the online forums um, about how quickly you could process wood and make a guitar out of it. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, so. single, low single-digit hours in Asia. Well, well mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. <laughs> but but like, let's just say, obviously, with the backs and sides and, and other things, there's going to be a, a lot of variables. But let's say with a spruce top, what do you think is a reasonable period of time? How long does it take for uh, the top material to age, to dry, to polymerize, to do whatever, before you think it's appropriate to... Uh, consider it as material to build a guitar with. Well, I'm not. I'm not dodging the question, but my answer is truly. That's not my. Um, that's not how I would evaluate that. How I evaluate that is by uh, literally handling the wood uh, and making a judgment if it's the right stuff or not, and testing the moisture content in it. I can't see the polymerization of resins, but I can hear and feel it. In that, so frankly, this is great. I'd love that when I can go. I don't know, but next time you ask, I'll I'll try to find that answer. Well, it's not yeah. critical to have an exact number. I'm just wondering if, if you know, if you knew that somebody, mm -hmm. if you ordered some Sitka spruce, you know, and, and had it cut, and they shipped it down to the shop, and you stickered it up, mm -hmm. how long would you forget about it before you even really went to say? I gotcha. Well, I, I, I'm going to use the, the uh, experience of um, other people I know and love in the, in the industry, everything from um, Aria, uh, Yamaha, uh, Lakewood, um, uh, where people do have these standards of how long you have wood acclimating before you use it. And in Japan, the, 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 um, uh, the hallmark used to be, or the benchmark was five years. You know, before they put stuff into a guitar, even pretty big companies. Uh, in Europe, maybe a little more close to two. And in the U.S., like um, you buy it from Luthiers Mercantile or Allied, and you get it in and you sand it and you make your guitar. You know, they've done some drying and, and so forth in the process. So what's happening during that five and two years, I think, goes more back to the pre um, uh, uh, pre-technical age, before electricity. Uh, when you had to cut a tree, uh, stack the parts up 
outside and season it by going through the weather cycles of hot, cold, wet, dry until it reached a stability and equilibrium to, be, to stay put in a violin. And those guys did that so long that the maker didn't get wood for their own use. They used wood from their teachers, and they got wood for students down the line. So practically speaking, as Californians, not only did nobody do that for us, yeah. but we don't have the patience. Yeah. So we're going to buy old wood. Uh, we're going to get it in, and we're going to have quite a head start on that. So I think the most direct answer is I've never had to do that. Okay. You know, I've never had to figure <laughs> out how long uh, because I, I've never cut a tree and, and then seen how long that does. That makes sense. Yeah, that was a fun. That's that was a, a good I just, one. I, it just it's only because it came up on the mm -hmm. internet site recently. Well, I'll tell you because of the price target limitation or the what the price targets do in limiting a big factory's choice of wood. Uh, you know they're sensible enough to make it stable. You know it'll stay put in a guitar. It's not going to be a compromise on that. But it's not going to sound its best for a long, long time. Okay. But larger companies selling for a price target do not have to be concerned about the sound of their guitars. Um, uh, to sell a million guitars a year, you don't wait till people come in and listen to it. You give them uh, lifestyle associations, testimonials from famous players, and somebody has it already in their heart to acquire that guitar before they go in the store. And, and I got that from people that make a million guitars a year. <laughs> That's how you do it. So, full stop. Good idea. Full stop. Yeah. What are you listening to? Oh, man. Hey, the, the, this is a great question. Um, uh, let's see if I can stab at this. Uh, Mister des Voix Bulgares. And this is uh, a vocal group out of Bulgaria, which I've had the pleasure to go through a few times. And I heard about them there. And it's, it's, it's you know, a lot of it's very familiar, rich, full harmonies that we, we recognize in Western, but then they go way out there uh, with different vocal techniques and uh, timings and tonalities that you never heard before. But instead of it being just difficult listening that you can impress your friends that you, you, you weathered it, um, it's actually really, um, uh, it's really moving. Uh, uh, they both have, uh, you know, the, the women's vocal group and some uh, m uh, males that come in. And it, it, I'll give you a link. You have to hear that. It is crazy. Uh, uh, what I just took off my um, uh, CD that I was listening to, I was writing this morning, is uh, Tiny Moore and Jethro Burns. Tiny Moore is a mandolin player and Bob Wills. Jethro Burns was in the goofy old Grand Old Opry act, Homer and Jethro. And they both did... Uh, you know, nutty stuff in their careers, but I put them up against any jazz player, anywhere. And they're they're doing this, um, you know, acapella. I mean, uh, instrumentals. You, you got to hear this called original takes. So we should say that, the, that these links will be available at the Santa Cruz Guitar Player Forum website. There you go. I'll give them so, to you. Uh, get them on the thing, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and uh, another one uh, that I got right now from uh, Steve Palazzo. Uh, bless his heart, and I got to drop his name, he's a, he's a civic treasure here, is um, Oscar Alamein, uh, Alamein, who is uh, uh, Argentinian, uh, but uh, the Paris influence, uh, the Django stuff. And um, I love uh, oboes, clarinets, and stuff like that, so that runs in the background, along with this insane uh, guitar playing. He had a little advantage over uh, Django, I'm going to say about 60% um, more fingers. <laughs> fingers. <laughs> so those are ones to look at.
Uh, I get, uh, as a good place to say this, I'm so lucky. I get um, CDs every week from people uh, that send them in uh, because quite you know, simply their motivation is, uh, I think you'll like this music, listen to this, maybe you would like to make a guitar for me, right? And uh, uh, I get a pretty good variety. Wow. Uh, and I don't have to go out and shop. Well, that. well, that's the follow-up, I think, to that question. Has there been anybody you can tell us about interesting who's come through the shop recently? Yeah, what, you know, unfortunately, Carolyn is is right out of uh, earshot right now. Uh, Colin Hayes' wife um, has a Cuban group that is, like, is like insane. Uh, uh, their musicianship, their harmonies, and so forth. And I'm gonna, I'll get the link for you. Uh, okay. Who they are? And they sat down here and played for us. This, unfortunately, the couch that's out there against the fence finally wore out. And there's been, God, there's been a lot of talent sat on that couch and played for us. <laughs> what was? So um, do you remember what uh, Colin's wife's band name was? Cecilia Noel. Oh yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah, they were really fun. Who's been in here recently that we made play? Um, Choros Das Three? Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, Choros Das Tre, or Three? I think so. Yeah, and they're, uh, you know, there's nothing like sibling harmonies. You just can't duplicate those. So these are um, South American, Brazil, I think, and then their father plays the guitar, and it just among three people, it was unreal. Wow. And uh, they, they perform for us, which is great. Um, Ed Littlefield from Marley's Ghost came in the other day uh, with a harp guitar that was made by David Dart. And he played and just mesmerized us. That's such a sonorous, beautiful uh, instrument. And one person at a time came in, told somebody else, and pretty soon the whole shop was in here, uh, yeah. you know, listening to that. And I, you know, I, I, I'm a soft touch. I let people stop and listen to music. Um, the uh, 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 David Greer comes in, you know, every time he's anywhere in, near in town, we become old friends, and he always will bring people in and play for us. Wow. He was through recently. Um, Dave Stamey is a, a, a singer-songwriter in the cowboy poet tradition, and we did uh, a refat for him. He's played our guitar all over the world, and he... Um, uh, he came to pick it up, and he brought two five-gallon tubs of Superior Dairy ice cream. This mm. needs a, the backstory. Superior Dairy is in my, from my hometown, and they put so much butterfat in this that it's just like what the angels eat at their <laughs> birthday parties. And anyway, he brought that for the group and played songs for us. And Superior Dairy um, is the typeface they were established in 1929, and when I was looking for a, a logotype for our 1929 series, because ours was two 60s, um, um, I, I flashed on that superior dairy. So that's what wow. that comes from. <laughs> that's a cool yeah. connection. <laughs> and, and Lisa Liu, um, who's like astounding uh, gypsy jazz player from New York City. She does like session work and, and things like with well, somebody that everybody's heard many, many times, but they don't know who she is. And they sit on the couch and play. So I'm they, rich. Do they come to, to tour the shop or to talk to you about guitars or to get... You know, the, 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 the reasons are all over the place. They may need service. They may want to talk about guitar. Maybe they heard about us 
And the beautiful thing with Santa Cruz is it's between L.A. and San Francisco, and where people are traveling during the week. Um, you know, people see the sign, they go, wow, look, they named a town after a guitar company. Let's stop by. So, I heard, I heard two, I've heard two words that harp guitar, and I also heard the word mandolin. You know, how did I let that slip? <laughs> yeah, we... There is no way out of this. We have to make a harp guitar uh, for um, Eddie. He's been such a stalwart in support of our company over the years. He's, he's led more people to us for custom guitars than Eric Clapton, you know? And uh, uh, I'd do anything for him. And I've stalled this off probably for seven years now. And there's just no getting out of it. He you know, came in, we sat down, we did that. And we will be making a harp guitar. Don't let that leads you to believe we might make a second one. We'll see what <laughs> happens with that. Uh, and it's a beautiful instrument taken seriously. And things like the 12-string, the baritone, a harp guitar, um, pretty much were built as novelties by companies. They were too heavy. They really weren't hugely satisfying. They just make it up in noise. And, but to do them right is, is uh, uh, worthy of the challenge. So hopefully we'll pull it off. Hopefully we'll stay in business while we do it. And then we'll evaluate if we do it again. So as we kind of don't want to take away three months' worth of material, we'll kind of wrap up here with... What's your favorite recipe? Before we go to lunch, we'll talk about, let's talk about food. Food! Man, um, I, it's so good. Nobody can see what I'm going to eat right now. Um, uh, uh, that's interesting. When, when you gave me, you know, the, the advantage of uh, what um, recipe I liked, it's funny, it took me another place here. Um, uh, you know, Richard's recipe of the month. And uh, uh, you know what? It's funny. I'll, I'll get back to food. But where my head went was like, oh, what you know? What have I learned? What am I? Uh, what am I applying uh, new to uh, how I do things? And I've I've had I've been so lucky to have a really busy, busy, busy life in my career um, that one of the things I just came to is like the least thing I have right now is time. So I'm going to pay attention to it in the moment. And my tendency to give people half answers and move on to something else, um, I'm done with that. I'm going to take the time to be um, here with the person I'm with now, and then I'll move on to the next one that comes. And uh, that's been a nice breakthrough. I'm going to apply that to what I eat. Um, I have more expectations on what my diet is than I've, from other people than I've ever had in my life. You know, I used to eat whatever I want and, and as quickly as I could. And um, uh, I'm introduced to a lot, of, a lot of new stuff. I'm nuts about spicy food, ethnic stuff. You know, we, we've shared that. And I also am a food adventurer because of my travels. Um, and uh, right now, for the life of me, I'm trying to keep it simple. And uh, uh, you know, this isn't a very colorful answer, uh, but we live in a place where we can eat stuff that's not only not processed, but it's it's new. You know, it's fresh. And uh, I'm trying to take more advantage of that as I go. Um, uh, otherwise, um, uh, I have my favorites in, in each, each style. So we, we've gone out a couple of times. We've gone to Hawaiian, uh, Afghanistan. Um, uh, and that's the stuff I like, you know, stuff with a story. Sure. I, 
have been extremely gracious with your time. Um, we yes. look forward to having you again in a month or two. And Hopefully we didn't blindside you too much and you'll want to do this again. Oh, it's my pleasure. I, I, don't, I, I don't have a problem talking about guitars. I have a talking about guitar problem. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. And I love you guys. Do you, uh, you want to address an armrest on a, on a guitar? Sure thing. So um, if you want to just give me the bullet points on that, uh, I'll, I'll fill well, this, you. This came from the forum. Mm -hmm. um, this is one of, uh, somebody submitted a question on the yeah. Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. And we thought this was a good one to bring to you because uh, it was going to take an awful lot of typing. So mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. Well, this, you know, the, the, the fellow or the woman with the inquiry here is, um, uh, had a revelation they, uh, uh, they have a guitar they're familiar with, they know what the sound is, other uh, people around them are used to it, and they put an armrest on it, and all of a sudden there's, there's something new. Uh, the guitar has a, a, a clearer voice, maybe a little more power. Um, peep, his uh, uh, spouse maybe is saying, hey, I like that, what do you, you know, what's different with it? And uh, what, to cut to the quick, what that armrest is doing is it's allowing the, the instrument to deliver its, uh, more of its full potential. Like holding a handle by the bell, I mean a, a bell by the handle instead of by the body of the bell, it's more resonant. And, and as I was saying, of course I have to give you an analogy. I was at a, a festival, uh, Soundports had just come out, um, and uh, a pretty well-known maker was there with his guitars with a Soundport. And um, he was, I was asking what, you know, wh why? And he showed me, you know, he had me play the guitar, and as I was playing, he'd put his hand over the sound port, and the sound was really diminished, you know. He'd take his hand off, and it swelled like that uh, uh, stop on an organ. Um, and it was louder, it was more richer and fuller, and I went, wow, that, I'm sold. Sound port's good, you know. And so then I got back to my guitar that I've been playing, the Santa Cruz guitar, and I said, isn't that something, you know. You play the guitar, and then you put your hand on the, and it did the same thing. I put the hand on the Santa Cruz with no sound port, and it deadened the sound. And I took my hand off, and it swelled, and it sounded great. And I went, just a minute here. But, but the point is, that's what the armrest does. The armrest, so instead of your arm hanging on, and, and there's still the same energy there, but it's not going out in air movement. It's going into your arm, right? And it makes the guitar quieter when you do that. So you could learn that through technique. To, to get away from that like classical people do, or for us not as smart steel string players, that the, the armrest actually attaches uh, 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 there, but minimally, and it lets your hand be over that so the guitar resonates more freely. Thank you for joining us on the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Please spread the word to other guitar players who you think would enjoy listening. Remember to check the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum site for more information about the topics we discussed as well as to get the links to the artist reference today. You can also make suggestions for you can also make suggestions for future podcasts or submit questions that we might pose to Richard Hoover and his team. The Santa Cruz Coffee Break is a special project by members of the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum and is solely the opinion of those speaking. The Santa Cruz Coffee Break is hosted, produced, and engineered by the Tadman Group. Keep on playing and come back next month.